Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. I have to give an assist to my pal, John Mon, who was on the podcast a few months ago for helping me get today's guest. Caroline Coyer played point guard for the Villanova women's basketball team from 2012 to 2016. She's got a lot of great stats we're going to talk about. Caroline, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we were at the same bar once. I believe it was the Big East tournament in 2017. I went to the Villanova bar with my dad and the Mon family. And I turn around and I see my dad talking with two young girls. And in my head, I'm like, what is going on here? Uh, It turned out to be (laughs) you and your twin sister, Catherine. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, the Big East tournament every year is, like, so much fun for that, like, what you just described, like, seeing random, like, Villanova fans and alums, like, the best, like, one of the best, like, weekends of the year, I think. And I have to say, I'm undefeated at, when I go to the Big East tournament, Villanova wins. I think I'm 4-0 and now, so I, I need to keep going. Oh, my God, yeah, no, you can't stop now. Yeah, and they're You're, big like, games. I'm always at the semifinal or the final. Oh, wow. Yeah, it must be you. You're, you're definitely yeah, the good me. luck charm. Yeah, not Jay Wright, <laughs> not, the, not the hard work those guys put in. It's me. Little do they know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and uh, just so everyone knows, my dad is not a creeper, how I kind of described that. He is a Villanova alum. He goes to a bunch of the Villanova men's and women's games uh, throughout the years, and he's gotten to know a few of the players, you being one of them. Yeah. So awesome. We yeah, love I, to see Villanova alum to our women's fans as well. Yeah, he's a big fan. He was actually going to go to the Fordham game a few weeks ago. Uh, that's like 20 minutes away from where he lives. But the poor guy had kidney stones and had to go to the hospital. Couldn't, couldn't make it to oh the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> poor guy. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, he was bummed. <laughs> uh, and I joke with uh, him all the time that he would switch me out for a Coyer twin if he could. Oh my goodness. I doubt that. Trust me, he doesn't my parents would be laughing right now because they'd be like, Oh no, you don't want that. Trust me. <laughs> so Caroline, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. You grew up in Oak Hill, Virginia. I'm assuming the well known school Oak Hill Academy is in that area. Um, you know it's really funny. Everyone always says that, especially given that um like we're a basketball family. But Oak Hill is actually just like a small subset of um, Herndon which is in Fairfax County. Um, Oak Hill Academy is in, like, more, like, central Virginia. So it's actually not really oh, very okay. close to me at all. Um, but Herndon is actually where another Villanova great was from, Scotty Reynolds. So, oh, wow, um, yeah. Yeah, we, we grew up kind of in the same area, going to the same gyms and stuff, training with some of the same people. He's, he's a little bit older, so I won't say we, you know, trained together, but we did train with some of the same people and kind of the same area fun little fact (laughs) nice that's awesome did you know him a little bit before he went to villanova probably at least who he was i'm sure he was a big name there. yeah yeah i mean we definitely knew who he was um we knew he was going to nova you know before obviously we were even really interested in going to villanova but yeah he was obviously you know like a huge name and we knew he was going to be really successful so it's just kind of like a fun little coincidence that we're from the same area yeah that's awesome Mm-hmm. So you grew up in a very athletic family. Your father, Chris, played football at the University of Minnesota. So he must have enjoyed the success that the team's been having this year. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago when we were home for 
Thanksgiving. You know, University of Minnesota wasn't like a huge part of our childhood. Like we, we were born in Minnesota and, you know, we, you know, we liked University of Minnesota, but we were never like huge fans, I guess. Um, and he was like running around the house and was like, oh, college game day, University of Minnesota. Oh my gosh. He's been like so excited, which is not, you know, really like him. He doesn't, he loves to get excited over like me and my siblings, but he doesn't usually get too excited over like his own um, you know, alma mater, things like that. So it was, it was cool to see. Yeah. He's been, he's been excited. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I don't know what bowl they got, but I think they got a pretty good bowl game coming up. Yeah. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I'm like the worst with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you have an older brother, Chris, who played football at Temple and a twin sister who I mentioned before, Catherine, who also ended up playing basketball with you at Villanova. So all the Coyers end up in Philly. Yeah, I know. It's like, a funny little coincidence that we all um, wound up there. We definitely, like, that was a huge reason why we wanted to go to Villanova, knowing that Chris would be nearby and our parents were up there a lot anyways. Um, but, yeah, we were really, really fortunate um, that it worked out that way, and we all got to go to places that we really loved and be a part of programs that we really loved. And, again, it was really easy for our parents. Um, we, it was funny, you know, like, our first semester at Villanova, like, we saw our parents, like, every weekend. You know, everyone was like, are you, you know, are you homesick? How is it? And personally, I was like, oh, no, I just keep seeing my parents every weekend. Like, I can't get away from them. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I thought so, college uh, meant I didn't have to see them. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, actually, I'm not homesick at all because they're literally here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it ended up being so awesome. And especially, you know, as I got older and, you know, a little bit more grounded, I was um, so happy that they got to come to so many games and, um, you know, that we got to see them so much with all of us being in the same area. Yeah, because Northern Virginia and Philly are pretty close. What's that, two, three hours? Yeah, exactly. It's like two and a half hours. So, okay, that's not bad. Um, yeah, it's so easy for them. Um, and just, just for my dad to be able to like come up to like some of those weeknight games, too, um, was really, really, really awesome. It's, especially when you're, you know, it's like a long season and we're in your, some of those like shooting swamps and stuff. He would come up and you know, he'd rebound for me a little bit before the game. and It was just nice to have them so close and feel like that support system at every game. Because we, you know, we played with girls who didn't always have that, whether they were from farther away or, their, you know, their parents just had a little bit um, more hectic of a work schedule. And so we were very fortunate in that way that our parents uh, were able to make it to so many games. Yeah, that's nice. That's cool that he rebounded for you, too. Yeah, I know. He, I mean... Trust me, there were times when I'd be like, no, Dad, I don't want you to come up here. Please stay away. He was one of those dads that just, like, loved being involved so much. Would have came up, you know, if I said, Dad, I need you to rebound for me for 30 minutes and then go back home, he would drive, like, those three hours to come um, and help out. He just loved, you know, watching us play and, and helping us out. So, oh, Your dad very, seems like a great very, guy. He, he is. He is. He was, you know, he was definitely, like, your classic um, – coach dad you know where um he, he did coach us a little bit but it, you know he was very he was hard on us and he was he had high expectations for us but it ended up you know serving us well I think in the long run and I think that a lot of my former teammates and friends from growing up uh probably thought he was one of those like crazy dads you know crazy <laughs> basketball dads which he was um they probably if they listened to this would be laughing <laughs> thinking about my dad you know like kicking bleachers and stuff <laughs> over <laughs> missed layups but it was, it ended up being like, now that I have like the perspective that I do, um, like so awesome to have a dad that like cared that much and was so like dedicated to us and 
us doing well. And he definitely didn't like force us to play. People will be like, oh my gosh, he must have forced you to play sports because he was so athletic. I'm like, no, you know, we love playing sports. He was just very, very supportive. And at times held us to a high standard that we needed, I think, in order to um, rise to, you know, the occasion when it, when it mattered. Yeah. I mean, you guys both ended up being D1 players, so he must've been doing something right. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> ended up working out, you know, well for my parents uh, in a lot of ways, obviously with us being able to go to school together, but you know, it didn't hurt that they didn't have to, pay that, you know, Villanova price tag so, <laughs> of the education. Yeah, that's pretty hefty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'd, we would not have been at Villanova. So, <laughs> um, it, it worked out nicely. Nice. And you and Catherine are fraternal twins, and you were born a few minutes ahead of her, right? Yes, that is correct. Um, and, you know, most people think that she's older because she just, I think she comes across as a little bit older and more mature and put together. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what people tell me. I like to dispute that, but of course I always lose. Um, but she is, she's, um, she's a couple minutes younger. I mean, for what it's worth, it's like three minutes. But <laughs> yeah. Do you throw that in her face a lot? All the time. I'm like, no, I'm older. I'm older twin. <laughs> that's funny. So how old were you when you got into basketball? Um, I think that my parents tell me that, you know, we were, when, you know, when I was like in diapers, I was like dribbling a basketball. They always <laughs> love to tell that story. Like she could dribble when she was a toddler, um, which is funny because, you know, I was, I was a point guard, but I wouldn't even consider myself like the best, you know, dribbler <laughs> in the world. <laughs> they love to like throw that one out there. I'm like, oh, I must have declined from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, hit your peak but... when you were a toddler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was, that was my peak. <laughs> um but we, we started actually like playing like organized basketball on a team. Um, I think we were in like the first grade. We played together with a bunch of friends. And um, again, I mean, we were always playing like in the, you know, outside in the driveway, in the street with neighbors. And we were always like, we had older, you know, neighbor friends. My older brother was always playing with us. So I think that that really, really helped us to um, do well from a young age. It's just always being exposed to like him and his friends and, you know, playing with them in the driveway. Nice. And did you play any other sports? We did, yeah. We played, um, me and my sister played club soccer uh, all the way through high school. We were, yeah, we were, we had, played on a very, really good team, actually. Um, uh, I think that I feel like that part of our um, childhood is kind of just forgotten about because we ended up playing um, college basketball. But, yeah, our, our club soccer team was very good. Uh, the majority of our teammates ended up playing Division one soccer, it was like so awesome to be able to follow them throughout their careers. And it was just something that, you know, we, we did go through a little bit of the recruiting process for soccer, um, my sister more so than I, um, but it just wasn't something that we ultimately ended up deciding on. We just, I think, loved basketball a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, wow. And I did read that, that Catherine uh, had been talking to some D1 coaches. Was that the same for you? Um, yeah, we both did. We both talked to the coaches a little bit. I think from a young age, I decided that I just liked, liked basketball better. Mm-hmm. It was something that, I, you know, I was more interested in. And Kath, I think, struggled with that decision a little bit more. So for a little bit throughout our recruiting process, um, you know, it was kind of like, well, maybe we can go to the same place and play different sports, uh, you know, and like trying to juggle what we thought was practical. And ultimately, she just ended up deciding she wanted to play basketball as well. So um, it worked out. But um, yeah, no, we, for, for a little while, you know, we went back and forth on that. Nice. And were you guys goal scorers or did you play defense? 
Um, so my sister was a defender. Um, I was a midfielder, so I don't really know what happened to all of my like midfielder stamina because <laughs> throughout my, my age, I'm like, I run a mile and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was impossible. But, um, but yeah, no, she was, she was a defender. I was a midfielder. So I don't know if either of us were, you know, we weren't like attacked or anything. We weren't goal scorers, but we were, you know, it's kind of interesting because it, it kind of mirrors a little bit of the way that we played basketball, if you think about it. She was such a good, like, lockdown defender, and tangibles were great. She's aggressive. She was, you know, just, like, total lockdown. Um, you could put her on the best player, and, you know, that, that was her, like, task that she was really good at. And I think that, for me, like, similar in that, like, I was, I was a point guard. You know, I was supposed to help kind of, like, run the offense and run the show, and that's kind of what a center midfielder does. Um, yeah, wow. So. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they carried over a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, so I have to ask, uh, being from Northern Virginia and being a former soccer player, is your favorite player on the U.S. national team Allie Krieger? She's from that area. Yeah, honestly, I just, like, absolutely, like, adore every player on that team. They're, like, <laughs> such, I, I, like, love talking about the U.S. women's national team because they're just such, like, a international, like, phenomenon when it comes to women and, like, the amount of attention that women's sports get as a result of them is just so um incredible um but i don't think i could just pick one favorite if we're being honest um yeah but yeah no i mean i do like Allie krieger though it's definitely not like i no, i don't like her but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah huge fangirl of the uh, u.s women's national team i think if i had to pick one i'd probably pick carly lloyd i just like love the way she plays and her intensity and like yeah she's great And she's up there yeah. in age, and she's still doing really well. Yeah, and I love how she's just, like, so awesome, like, demanding um, of her teammates. And, you know, they, they tried to, like, I think they cut her from the starting lineup this year, and she was, like, you know, she didn't like that. She was, like, a veteran on the team, but she, like, still worked so hard and pushed her teammates, and they ended up needing her, you know, coming on the stretch in the World Cup, and she was able to deliver for them. I just, like, think she's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a big fan of them, too. I was never the biggest soccer fan, but I'd say, mm-hmm. like, once I got into college, I'd watch the Olympics and the uh, and the World Cup, and I'm, like, way more into it now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun when, you know, I think a whole like, country's rallying around a team, and you start to, like, understand, like, the beauty of, like, some of the games and, you know, the way they play, and I just, yeah, I think they're, like, so awesome for good girls and guys i think they taught like a lot of lessons um, yeah i hate the offsides like, call i know it's uh, yeah I, I agree with you it was it was frustrating as a player too <laughs> i guess because i'm such a big basketball fan like fast breaking mm-hmm. that's a part of the game and then you can't kind of do that in soccer i know it's like so funky but yeah no i agree with you that, that's a, that's a rule i could stand to like see go away but yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> definitely be more goals I agree. Anyway, back to your career, Caroline. Sorry, we got off on a tangent, but uh, it was a good one. (laughs) So you attend Oakton High School, where you start all four years, and you have a record of 110 and five. That's insane. You only lost five times. Yeah, it was, we were really fortunate in that, well, number one, we had, like, one of my favorite coaches of all time, and Fred Priester, he was, uh, he's just like, 
an absolute legend in the area, and he's taught us, like, like so much of what we know about um, just, like, fundamental basketball. And he, he coaches an AAU as well, and he just has run a great program there for a long time. You know, we're not the first you know, Oakton team to do really well. We had, you know, Jasmine Thomas out of Duke, and he now plays for the oh, Connecticut wow. Sun, and he was, yeah, she was in WNBA Finals this last year, and you know, so there's a, there's a rich history. We, we, you know, we were lucky enough to get to play with several uh, other, like, really talented players throughout our time there, so, you know, we won't, we won't take all the credit, um, but yeah, we, we played with, like, I think at one point on our team, there were, like, six Division One players, which I, you're probably not as familiar with the area, but um, like, uh, for a public school in Northern Virginia, like, that's pretty good. It's not um, you know, we're not like at a Catholic school or a private school. Everyone's kind of choosing to go to the same place. Um, that just happened to be like kind of where we were all from and where we all lived. And we just had like a great uh, team with some good players that ended up being really successful. So it was, it was really fun. It was really, really yeah. fun. Yeah, that's incredible because you're right. At a Catholic school, it's easy to get six D1 players because you're all coming in from different areas. But yeah, at a, at a public school where you just happen to all be in the same district or town, whatever, whatever you want to say. That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were really fortunate um, to get to play with like really, really great players year round. Cause a, a lot of girls, um, especially I think in, in the public school uh, realm, like, you know, they have their AU team and that's like their main focus. And, you know, when they play high school basketball, it's kind of just like a, kind of like a side thing almost. It's like, you know, they care because it's their school and they have pride for it, but it's not like they're playing, you know, with the best competition. And we, yeah, we got lucky. You won the district title every year you were there. You won three Northern Virginia state titles and you won the Virginia state title your senior year in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really awesome. Um, we're still, you know, bummed about the one regional loss. Uh, we ended up losing to, a team that equally had, you know, has equally as talented of players. Um, um, April Robinson, who ended up going to Duquesne and Logan Battle, who was at Georgetown, who we battled against for four years at Nova. Um, so, I mean, we, we, it was just, it was a great district. We got really, really lucky with the, the talent. Um, and so, yeah, it was, there was a lot of rivalries and it was fun and we were able to come out on top a lot of the time and, yeah, it was definitely like, I'd say, I mean, we had so much fun in college, but our high school career was definitely a big uh, highlight for us. And we have a lot of pride for Ocean High School. So it was, it was <laughs> As you fun. should. <laughs> the team obviously was very successful, as I just mentioned, but you experienced a lot of personal success. You're the all-time lead assist leader in Virginia AAA basketball and the second player ever in the state to record 1,500 points and 500 assists meaning you were really good at scoring and setting up others in good positions to score. Yeah. You know, I was, again, I was fortunate to have really, really great coaching that set me up in great positions, but also play with, you know, some awesome players. I don't think that I get accolades like that, especially well, you know, with the assist level um, without having really, really awesome players that surround me that are just really awesome scorers. Um, and, so, yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that, you know, the only other person before me to hit that, you know, 1,000, 1,500 point, 1,000 or 500 assist um, level was Jasmine Thomas, who came from Oakton. So I think it, it just goes to show, like, how well our, our, how good our coach was at, you know, creating offenses around his players and setting them up for success, really. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a tribute to the whole the whole team, really, because as you yeah. said, assists that 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 counts on other kids scoring. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, it's a accolade that I'm definitely proud of, but it's not something that comes without having really awesome players around you. And you'll probably say that same thing when I mention this next thing. Your senior year, <laughs> you pretty much win every award in the state, including the Coaches Player of the Year, Miss Basketball for Virginia, and the Gatorade Virginia Player of the Year. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it was, a, it was an awesome senior year. Um, we had a great team, and I worked really hard. I think that that was um, – those were all actually, like, because we had so many good players in the state of Virginia, not just, you know, Northern Virginia, but Southern Virginia, we had um, some really, really, really good players that ended up playing for great Division One programs. It was, those were actually, like, huge surprises to me when I got them, and I think that I'm really proud of today, um, having come from such a, a strong, you know, state and, you know, as it comes to girls' basketball. And there are things that, yeah, I think as I've gotten older, I've become much more proud of. And things that I, I really, like, miss about, um, my past is just like the the community of like Virginia State basketball and I'm really proud of myself for being able to you know come out on top I guess yeah and you should be because Virginia yeah. is a hotbed for women's basketball there's a lot of kids that yeah. go D1 oh yeah there's a lot um, so you know it was, it was really really good talent that we were um, constantly playing against which is it was made things really, really, really fun for us growing up. <laughs> yeah. And no big deal, but your number five jersey was retired at Oakton, and it's at the National Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, which is in Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, so it was. <laughs> oh, it's um, not anymore? No, no, no. Yeah, no, not anymore. I am so irrelevant when it comes to that now. But um, I so any all um, of the uh, state Gatorade Players of the Year, um, have their jerseys sent to the National Basketball Hall of Fame um, oh. when they win. So um, that was like a cool, fun thing. My my senior year, we took a road trip down there to see it, and it was it was cool, it was fun, and it's something that I definitely won't forget. But yeah, no, it's definitely down now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it was only there for but, a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was only All there right, for well, a year. Well, that's so cool. Just, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Uh, it's just like a fun thing that they get to do for, you know, the high school athletes and definitely something that I was glad that I got to see. I actually happened to be on a vacation down in like Southern Virginia where I was driving through to like Tennessee and um, my boyfriend at the time was like, do you want to stop and see your jersey? And I was, it was so much fun. So That's awesome. Yeah. And- Everything I've mentioned is very impressive, but one thing that caught my eye was that you were a three-year captain in high school. So that means not only were you a great player, but you were a great leader as well. Well, yeah, I, I tried to be. Um, I think it was one of those things where uh, when you come into a program and you're, you're getting a lot of minutes uh, from a young age, you're kind of within the team, you're maturing a little bit quicker because you're, you are getting the opportunity to you know, play with some of the older players from the get. Um, so, you know, I think by the time I was a sophomore, I just, I had gotten a lot more time than, you know, some people do. And I was fortunate in that way. And so I think it was just a natural thing for, you know, your point guard to be a captain as well. And uh, I think also probably part of it was, 
you know, my coach trying to instill that confidence in me that I could, you know, that it was my team and that, you know, I need to have the confidence to help run the team. And, you know, therefore, like, you're going to be a captain and you're going to, you know, you got to take that responsibility and do something with it. So he was, he was always very, very, very good about instilling confidence in everybody and making sure they know that, you know, their importance to the team. And that's something I'm really grateful for because not, not every coach, you know, there, there are great coaches that are great at X's and O's and there are coaches that are really good motivators and there's some that can do both. And he was, it was really, really great with both. And so that's something that I, I took with me through all my levels of playing was just like trying to, you know, stay confident in myself and know like what I'm bringing to the team. And that's something that he instilled in me from the moment I stepped on the court at Oakton. And is he still the coach at Oakton today? He is. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like he's said for the last, like, you know, like 15 years, he's going to retire. Um, but he's, <laughs> he's still there and um, still coaching AAU. I don't know. He, I don't know if he's going to be coaching this year, but he, uh, yeah, he's still there. He did the, uh, um, McDonald's All-American game a couple of years ago. I think it was when we were in college. He was one of the coaches for that. Um, nice. So he's just like, yeah, he's he's definitely just a well-known kind of like legend in um, girls girls basketball. So we're very fortunate to have gotten a chance to play with him and learn from him. Nice. And because you learned from him for all those four years, colleges are interested in you. How could they not be with all those stats I threw out? So what schools were recruiting you? Um, so our recruiting journey was an interesting one. Um, it, it was kind of hard to navigate at times because we decided from a pretty young age that we were going to be a package deal and we were going to be recruited together. And some coaches didn't like that. You know, they thought mm. that was ridiculous. Because if you think about <laughs> a, a basketball team, you only have 15 spots. So it's not like some other sports where they, you know, there's 30 girls on the team or even like footballers, you know, a hundred guys, um, you know, you really, you only have 15 spots on the team and we were basically saying, okay, you need two from one class to go to the two of us. So you really needed to find value in both of us. And some coaches just didn't see it, whether it was for me or whether it was for Kath or just, they didn't have two guard spots in that class. Um, you know, that everyone had their reasoning, but it, it, it kind of, it whittled things down for us. Pretty quickly, I'd say, you know, um, mm-hmm. it became very apparent from the start, certain coaches that we didn't feel like were in it for the both of us. And that was something that was really important to the two of us was to be able to play together and continue our careers together. And luckily we came across a handful that really, really were all about both of us. And I think that ultimately it really came down to three schools when we got to the end of it. Uh, we went a lot of visits, met a lot of coaches, have you know, made a lot of good connections, but it really came down to Villanova, St. Joe's, and James Madison. It, it, the Villanova, St. Joe's thing is funny because there's such a such a big rivalry there. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that was like a funny final three, and you know they they both knew that we were looking at both of them, and I think you know there, there's always a, a lot of the girls that end up going to St. Joe's and Villanova are looking at both, so it's like a huge recruiting rivalry. Um, and then James Madison was just you know our home state, Virginia school that we actually, we really, really wanted to go to for a long time, but they were kind of dragging their feet, I think, on having two guards in the same class. So, but yeah, um, that's really what it came down to was those three schools. Okay. So what was it that led you guys both to choose Villanova? Um, so, you know, it's a funny little story, but 
we we were like like I told you like I, I mean personally I really wanted to go to JMU I you know a lot of my friends were going there we wanted I wanted to stay in state Cass kind of felt the same way we loved Villanova too but we just kind of were I think we were kind of conflicted a little bit it was like you know do we go to school with all of our friends from high school and you know stay in kind of in our comfort zone or do we go somewhere a little bit different that we know is a great program and we know we really really like the girls in the team and um we really loved like harry and like what you know what do we do and ultimately what it came down to is we felt like we were going to potentially lose um the scholarship opportunities at villanova we felt like we knew that there were other girls that were interested in going to villanova and we knew that if we didn't make a decision we could lose it and so we actually we ended up committing uh, and I remember feeling kind of like sad after, which is really funny because I like <laughs> loved going over my entire experience. It was so awesome. I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but I felt like sad because I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm not, I wanted to go to this in-state state school and I guess now I've made the decision that I'm not going to do that. And, you know, that lasted for like a week and then I got really, really excited. And, you know, now thinking back, I'm like, oh my God, so happy that I didn't go to JMU. You know, I think anybody who ends up you know, going somewhere different and meeting new people and can't imagine their life any other way. So it's just kind of a funny little, like, internal conflict that I think that I, I didn't even really voice to that many people at the time. I was like, yeah, no, oh, my God, I'm so excited. What do you mean? Like, going over, yeah, I go back. Like, but at the time, I really remember feeling kind of sad that, like, that's, that I was kind of leaving Virginia behind. Um, yeah, we ultimately ended up just deciding that it was our best opportunity that we had and it was close to my brother, and it was a great, great school. We knew that. Um, we knew we were going to have awesome opportunities. And ultimately, what it really, really came down to um, was that we loved the girls on the team, and we loved the culture, um, and we knew that, you know, we were going to be really good friends, and they just did a great job of welcoming us. And sometimes it's really uncomfortable, I think, when you go on some of these visits as a high schooler and you're, you're meeting all these older girls who are kind of at a different point in their lives, and sometimes it's not – as friendly as you'd like for it to be. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's a little bit uncomfortable. And it's hard to picture yourself um, going there um, and really fitting in or, you know, it's just scary for whatever reason. And we didn't feel that at all with the girls. They were so awesome and welcoming. And those girls that, you know, hosted us are some of our best friends, you know, today. So yeah, we, yeah that's got, awesome. we got really lucky with the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that is really important because Division One basketball, you spend a lot of time with your teammates, so uh, it's better to like them and get along. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I tell every girl that I talk to about um, recruiting and, you know, what, what to, you know where to go, what, what to do, what to think about. I tell every girl that I think the most important thing is to get along with your teammates and to really see yourself um, – like being able to, you know, live with these people and exist with these people and be friends with these people because, you, like you said, you're spending so much time together. You're not just like on the court with them and you're in study hall with them. You're living with them. You're traveling with them. You know, they end up being your family. So if you go to a school and you're, you don't see yourself meshing with them, that's a red flag, you know. And, you know, coaches will come and go. Um, I always loved Harry. He didn't come and go. He was, he was there the whole time. He's been there for, <laughs> been a, there while. for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go anywhere. But, um, but you know, you never know. Coach, coaches come and go. And 
Um, obviously, I think the academics is like all, also a very important piece to that puzzle, but I think that, you know, a big piece of the happiness throughout your four years in college, you've got to come from the people around you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So Coach Harry Peretta has been the head coach at Villanova since 1978. This season is his 42nd season. <laughs> He's won over 700 games. He runs a complex offense based on reads and knowing where and when to cut. Was that a difficult adjustment your freshman year? Uh, so, yeah, it is. It's very complex and um, very structured. And it's interesting. It's gotten Mitt one more laid back um, in the last few years. He's kind of lightened up a little bit and allowed the game to evolve in the way that it has. Um, but it, it wasn't that tough of a transition in the, the reason why is in, in high school, we ran some similar stuff. We had, we had a very complex kind of offense, and we ran a lot of plays. There's a lot to know. And we actually kind of ran a form of our, like, five-out offense in high school and throughout AAU. So it, it was the same, like, number of cuts and everything. So it was a tough transition in that the game is much faster, and you're having to do these things kind of a little bit more second nature. And it definitely was a more complex offense. There was way more, like, variables in it. But the foundations, like, we, we really understood and we were comfortable with and we had run before, um, which was good for us. You know, not every girl had ever run offenses like that before. Um, so we, we were fortunate in that we, we did actually feel very comfortable from the get, you know, learning the numbers and learning the offense and understanding, like, that, you know, you have to stay in the offense and run it in order to, you know, for, for it to work so yeah, um, wow. it really wasn't too bad in a transition in that way I'd say that the harder transition is just you know, the pace of the game and the strength yeah wow I'm just wow I'm amazed because at high schools mostly they run the most non-complex off- offenses so wow I guess that makes sense your team was 110 and 5 so <laughs> yeah yeah wow. no again like I said I mean we were just so fortunate to learn from such a like very smart basketball brain like we did in high school and it really really set us up for success especially at a place like Villanova that it ran some similar stuff and the funny thing is Harry um you know he he created the, so these offenses right so he mm-hmm. he makes these videos and like sells them to <laughs> coaches all around the country um so that they can learn how to how to run them and I'm pretty sure my high school coach like has a bunch of them so oh, it, wow. it literally oh. came directly from Harry a lot of the things that we were learning, um, like from a young age. That's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I always think it's funny because throughout our time there, like he was still making these videos, which is funny because when I think about like, like uh, basketball videos, I think it's like very like 1990s. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) That's probably like a very like millennial thing of me to say. Um, (laughs) I just imagine like somebody putting like a a VHS into a TV, like on wheels (laughs) and showing it to their team. (laughs) But Harry was still making these videos and it was just, it kind of came off like full circle. Like we would have guys like show up at the, at at our practices, like videotaping us for these videos. I'm like, this is definitely going to some, you know, youth coach somewhere whose kids are watching this and who knows, maybe one day they'll be, you know, doing this, playing for this guy yeah, wow. <laughs> That's funny. So fun yeah. fact, your freshman year, 2012 to 2013, was the last year of the old Big East before all the conference realignments happened. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, it was very different. Yeah, that was the only year you guys played Connecticut, 
um, Louisville, Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the competition is just so much different. Um, I mean, the, the, the Big East now is a really, really good conference. But, I mean, the Big East then was, you know, some of your top teams in the country. Like you said, Connecticut, Notre Dame, Louisville. Um, like, it, it was just the 14, like, powerhouse teams. Um, so that year, I think we actually came in, like, fourth, and that was, like, a huge, like, win for us. Like, that was so awesome. We made the tournament. It was just, like, we, were, we did really, really well that year. And we had, like, a very um, a veteran team who was able to, you know, handle the competition and, and do really well and kind of teach us that. But I actually, I was injured for the majority of my freshman year, so I didn't even get to play against a lot of, like, the best competition, which is a big bummer. Yeah, you had a hand injury, right? I did, yeah. I, I, I think I missed, like, 12 games, maybe, um, the majority of the conference season. So I didn't play against UConn. I didn't play against uh, Notre Dame. didn't play against Louisville. Um, but my sister did, which was awesome. You know, she was supposed to redshirt our freshman year. And when I got injured, Harry asked her to come out of redshirting. Um, oh, so nice. She did halfway through the season. I think her first game was against – I want to say her first game was against Louisville. Okay. And she was like, oh, my God, a week ago. Yeah, right? I didn't think Welcome to college basketball. <laughs> exactly. She had been, like, you know, obviously in practice and stuff, but it's, it's a different, you know, thing going through practice, you know, as a register and going through practice knowing that you're going to be playing against, you know, one of the top teams in the country in three yeah. days. So she was like, oh, God, <laughs> you know. But she did great. She did awesome. She was like, yeah, obviously, as you would, I would expect her to, but it was just funny. <laughs> When they took the red shirt off, Catherine, that meant you guys could graduate together. So that must have been pretty cool. It was, yeah. So that was something we always kind of, like, struggled with a little bit. We both went in thinking we were both going to red shirt, but then he needed one of us to play, one of us not. And, you know, he doesn't force anybody to, to do anything. You know, if you want to red shirt, you can. If you don't, you don't. Like, mm-hmm. but, he, you know, you want to do what's best for your team, and that's ultimately what we did, and that's what – part of the reason why Kath ended up coming out of redshirting is because she knew it was what was best for the team. And that was a tough decision. I think a lot of people don't think about, you know, she lost half of her freshman year. Yeah, that's um, true. Very selfless um, of her. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's like a, a cool thing. And, you know, our team ended up doing so well that year and, you know, going to the tournament, we had so much success that I think that maybe we don't have it if she doesn't make that move and decide to be selfless and, burn her red shirt <laughs> yeah yeah fourth place in that conference wow as you said you yeah. go to the tournament as an eight seed great season yeah yeah it was awesome that was definitely a highlight throughout our career as well <laughs> <laughs> and you had a come you really had a coming out party your sophomore year the first year in the new big east you won the big east six man of the year you led the big east and we're second in the entire country in assist to turnover ratio. Yeah. Um, it, you know, part of that, I think, you know, like I said, is a product of being around good players. Part of it, too, is our offense. But, you know, we played a little bit of a slower, more methodical style that allowed us to know kind of like what decisions we, we should be making in certain situations versus a quicker style of play where, you know, you're running up and down the floor and you're more apt to have turnovers and things like that. Um, so that, that's part of it. And also, I think that first year, just getting a chance to learn from, you know, we had five seniors on that, in that team. Um, majority of them were guards. Um, and just getting a chance to learn from them and 
learn learn the offense and learn how to you know play at that speed and that strength. Um, I think was a huge asset to my success as a sophomore and in the rest of my career, just being able to have upperclassmen to look up to and learn from who are willing to teach as well. That's another thing that's not always, you know, that easy when you're going into college. Um, you know, it's really, really intense. People, you know, playing time is a real, you know, thing that people don't take lightly. And I was so fortunate to have a, a group of seniors who, welcomed us with open arms and wanted to teach us and wanted us to learn and wanted us to do well because they understood that that meant that like as a team we would do well you know so yeah uh, I was really really lucky to learn from those girls <laughs> yeah not everyone would do that because if you're a senior and you see these good freshmen coming in you might not you know go out of your way to teach them the offense because they might then get yeah. minutes over you so that's really yeah, awesome absolutely. yeah we were very very lucky and again we're so close with those girls today I was just with them you know this last weekend and um, I don't think that everybody at the college level especially has this kind of relationships with girls who are you know three and four years older than them and um, and in the same way I I have close relationships with girls that are three and four years younger than me you know it's a good um, you know community that we had and you know that of one that you know people want to help each other and there isn't oh you know there's always going to be like a little bit of um, competitiveness, but I, I wouldn't, I would say there's not this like petty, like, I'm not going to help the girl coming up because I want all the playing time type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. That's really a testament to the program. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so your junior year in 2015, that's your first year as a full-time starter. It's the starting point guard. Again, <laughs> you lead the Big East in assist to turnover ratio and we're ranked again among the top 10 nationally. So I have to ask, you know, being you want assists, did you ever get on Catherine if you passed her the ball and she missed an open shot? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, I mean, I think that there is part of you, your, you know, your personality as a competitive, like, player that, like, if you give the ball to somebody in, like, an open shot situation, you want them to hit it. But I definitely was never, like, angry, maybe, like, over missed layups. Um, But that was less about you know, wanting to get an assist and more just about wanting to hit an open layup because we had a lot of close games. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, trust me, I've had my fair share of missed layups and missed open shots, so I am not definitely not going to ever point fingers at anybody. <laughs> and uh, slightly <laughs> off topic, who is the better pure shooter, you or Catherine? I think that probably... Catherine. I mean, I, I think I ended up getting just more shots, like in volume, um, throughout my career at Villanova. But I was very volatile, and that's something that I think that, in reflection back in my career, I, I, I something I'm, I don't want to say regretful of, but something that I just wish I had worked harder at. I think is just having, you know, more consistency with my shot. Um, I mean, I there were times when I like literally would hit the side of the backboard, and Harry would look at me and be like what what in the world like what the <laughs> hell and he's like what are you looking at and I, I was like I don't really know where that came from I, it just kind of happened <laughs> and then like the next thought I would make it and he was just like I don't know what, like what's wrong with you but just don't let that happen again um whereas Kath would miss like just barely you know she was never one that was like airballing and I, I think I was good for like one airball a game my entire sophomore year 
Um, people say, like, oh, you had such a great sophomore year. But if you look at my three-point percentage, it was, like, 22%. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> so your junior year, you lead Villanova in scoring, assists, steals, and minutes played. You win the Big Five Player of the Year, which uh, pretty much means you're the best player in Philly, so bragging rights go to you. And your play, <laughs> your play gets noticed, and you were invited to the U.S. Pan American Games for the tryouts in the summer of 2015. So what was going through your mind when you got that invite? Um, so it's kind of funny you ask. Like, it was kind of just this weird, like, out-of-body experience. Um, you know, my whole life I wanted to play, uh, like, to be invited to these trials. You know, they have, like, under 16, and they have um, workshops, like, throughout, like, youth basketball, but I, I just was never was invited. I was kind of always on the outside looking in there. Um, and I remember Harry giving me the heads up that, you know, he, he had heard that, he, you know, I might be invited, and he didn't know if I would be interested. I was like, what? And he was like, well, you know, I don't know. It's very intense. Like, you got to go out there and you got to give it your all. And, you know, you may, you, you, you know, you probably won't make it. <laughs> I was like, Harry. But no, I, that's kind of the same mindset I had going into it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm playing. I'm going to be going against the best players in the country. I don't, you know, I definitely did not think that I had a shot in hell at making the team. So it didn't bother me when he said that. I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, but I do want to go and just like give it a shot. He was like, absolutely. I think that's, that'll be great. And you never know what's going to happen. You know, just go out there and give it your best and do what you do and be smart. And so that's what I did. I, I trained um, a decent amount, you know, before going. I, and yeah. I, and then I went out there and it was definitely scary um, going against some of those, so some of those players. I was like fangirling a little bit, but <laughs> it ended up just being like the experience of a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, you go into the tryouts with some of the other best players in the country who come from schools more well-known in women's basketball, like UConn or South Carolina. And there's only 12 roster spots, and you make the team. So Harry was wrong. He was wrong. Uh, I'll look at him and tell him that. No, I I did. And he was like, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. I can't believe you made it. (laughs) Um, And and for anybody who doesn't know Harry, that's just his sense of humor. You know, he's... He's like loves his players, but he's going to be very real with you. He's definitely not going to tell you, oh, yeah, I think you have a shot if you don't. Um, so it, it was a really, really cool experience, actually. And, and part of the reason that that was, was you know, when, when I was out there, I, I learned so much and I got to meet these players that, you know, like were so amazing and, you know, create good relationships. And by the end of it, I was just felt like so happy to be there. And I remember being on the phone with my dad um, in the airport, you know, when I was about to come back and I I had to leave trials, like, you know, the morning of the last day before everybody else, because at Villanova, we were going on our foreign tour to Italy. So, you know, when I was invited to the trials, I told them I want to come, but I would have to leave early because I got to get back in time for my flight to Italy with the team, which they were totally cool with, but I, I didn't stay for the, them selecting the team. Um, so when I left there, I, I had no idea if I had made it or not. I just, to be honest, kind of assumed I didn't. So I was like, oh, that was so much fun. I'm so happy I did it. I met some awesome people. I told my dad, like, yeah, there's absolutely no shot I make the team. But it was really fun. And he was like, great, that's awesome. Um, and while I was in the air um, from Colorado Springs back to Newark, um, where my team was flying out, um, they announced the team. Um, so I got, I landed, um, my flight landed, and I turned my phone on. 
And within like 10 seconds, my dad was calling me and my phone was just like going absolutely nuts. And I was like, you know, kind of like half asleep. I've been sleeping the whole flight. I'm like, what is going on? I answer and my dad, I was just like screaming on the other end of the phone. He's like, you made it. Oh my God, you made it. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I did? That is what? And he was like, yeah, you were wrong. You made it. Like everyone's so excited. Um, and it was just such an awesome moment because I absolutely had no, I just thought I had no shot at all. Um, and on top of it, I, you know, I landed and my whole team was there and I got to go on this amazing trip to Italy afterwards. It was just like the perfect celebration having like all my friends and family there and, um, getting to kind of celebrate in that way. And, you know, I had so many people reaching out to me and it was just like an incredible feeling really. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. To get that news and then get to go to Italy. Wow. <laughs> I know. It was, a, it was a good month for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine. A highlight. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, really cool. And, um, and then when I got back from Italy, you know, it was like, oh, gosh, now I really have to start training because I'm going to have to actually play with these girls. <laughs> um, so that's exactly what I did. And, you know, from then on, like that whole summer was, was pretty incredible. Did you have any good uh, pizza and pasta when you were in Italy? Oh, my God. Like, all of the good pizza and pasta. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm dying to go oh, yeah. to Italy. Trying oh, to get yeah. there soon. You have to go. You have to go. I was just at work today talking to um, some of my friends about, you know, they're planning trips to Italy next summer. And there's just, like, you can even see everything you want to see in one trip. Like, you have to go, like, at least two or three times to see all of the amazing, like, places there go- are to go in Italy. It's incredible like I would go back like five times (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) so how was it playing with Brianna Stewart Courtney Williams and Kelsey Plum just to name a few um honestly it was a really really great experience um which which you obviously would expect I mean I I didn't like end up getting that much playing time which was actually a really I thought valuable experience for me because I hadn't ever been on a team where that was my role. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just happy to be there. So it definitely wasn't, so, you know, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I deserve more playing time. If anything, I was just happy to get out there and work hard and, you know, push the girls um, in practice. And, you know, when I did get on the floor, it was just like an awesome feeling and I was just happy to be there. Um, but they, just the level of intensity and dedication to the game is something that is just, unrivaled and like unparalleled and it was something that I'd never even experienced before you know even to playing at the division one level um for like a, a great school like Villanova like the level of just like commitment to the game and to themselves that these girls have is just something that you don't see um you know they're so disciplined with you know their, their habits and just you know con- like day in day out the consistency and like their work ethic, the intensity that they brought to practice. It it was like the same intensity that I was used to in like games. Um, So it was very, very like draining both physically and emotionally and mentally, but like in the best way possible. I felt like after I left there, you know, for the next like, you know, like six months or something, I was just like on this like extra level of like, intensity you know because I had been exposed to that um and it was something that I'm really really happy that I got a chance to experience because I mean 
they're just like really, really in- incredible athletes. It, there's like no really other way to put it. Um, hey, you're that, an incredible you know, athlete too. You made the team, obviously. I, Twelve spots. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's funny to like group myself in that um, in that group, but yeah, no. I well, mean, you belong there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, just being able to learn from them was an incredible experience and one that I'll like always cherish. And, um, you know, for, for a long time after that, we all kept in touch like pretty well. We still do. I, I know that I could reach out to any of them and it, it would, they would respond and we have such great memories. And, like even over and above just like their athletic ability, like they're just, like great people, like so much fun and like friends that all always cherish. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad it was a good experience. You guys uh, took home the silver. You lost to Canada in the finals. I know. It was really (laughs) heartbreaking. But, you know, it was a really cool thing for the Canadian team, I will say. I mean, obviously, I wanted to win, and we were bummed about that. Um, But it was a cool thing for the Canadian team, being that the games were in Toronto. So, like, it was cool having, like, the whole country kind of rally around them. um, I mean, again, I wasn't happy about it, but... You know, it was cool for them, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So you get back to Villanova, your senior year in 2016. More of the same great stats that I've already mentioned. Again, the Big Five Player of the Year. Again, first team all Big East. But you don't finish the season because in February, you tear your ACL and MCL in practice. That had to be devastating. Yeah. (laughs) It was something that I think actually just as of like very recently, I've like fully been able to kind of get over. Um, Uh Uh-oh, I'm bringing up bad memories. (laughs) No, no, no. It's actually okay. And I think there needs to like be a bigger dialogue around things like this because um, like it was devastating because I wanted to finish out the season. I wanted to finish out my career and we were doing really well. And I remember specifically that day in practice, Harry was like, you know, we had just clinched um, a big five title and, you know, we were going into the back half of the year and it was like we needed, you know, a couple more wins to really like clinch a spot in the tournament, um, we, we felt like. And, you know, things were just, everything was going our way. And I remember Harry saying like, he was, he's a, you know, a cynical, like funny, sarcastic guy. So he was like, oh, something bad's going to happen because there's way too many things that have gone right, you know. And this oh, was like God. 10 minutes before I went down with my knee. Oh, no. And, Oh, yeah. It was just, like, really devastating, I think. Um, you know, my teammates, I know, really cared about me, and I think they were devastated for me. And um, I think for a while after that, it, I was just kind of in this weird, like, daze. Like, you know, I just, the rest of the semester, like, you know, we finished out the year, ended up being, like, kind of disappointing. You know, we made the WNIT instead of the tournament. You know, we didn't do as well in the Big East tournament. You know, we had a couple great games after that, like, Adriana Hahn, who is a freshman point guard, stepped in, you know, and filled those shoes, like, really, really well. And everybody stepped it up and kind of, like, filled in kind of where I, where I would, had left off, I guess. And, but it just ultimately, you know, some of the, um, you know, things didn't fall our way. And, you know, we didn't have the ending to the season that we wanted. And I, I think from there I was like, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I wanted to play, you know, I thought – and. I just kind of think that for the next, like, like foreseeable future, I was kind of in this weird, like, limbo um, where, 
you know, physically basketball was taken away from me, but more than that, it was like an identity kind of crisis, which is like, I know kind of like a deep, weird thing to talk about, but like, you know, my whole life I've been Carolina the basketball player, um, Carolina the basketball star, and like, I wasn't that anymore. So I was like, where, what am I, you know? Yeah, no, um, that's hard. It's And it's hard for everyone coming out of college and, you know, trying to find yourself in the real world, but... But yeah, I mean, with the knee injury, and I was going to ask this in a little bit, but we're here. Let's talk about it. We're, <laughs> did did your knee injury affect you playing overseas? It did, you know, and I, I had planned on playing overseas. And even for a while after that, it was like, okay, well, you know, I'll just be the GA. But then I got, you know, Chris Day, who's an assistant at LaSalle right now. He was, he was the head coach at the University of Vermont at the time. He reached out and he had recruited me. Um, at a high school, and he said, you know, I heard about what happened to you, and I, I, you know, I want you to come coach with me at the University of Vermont, and it was such an amazing, like, gesture, and I, I ended up doing that, and I was like, okay, you know, I might just coach here with you and see how it goes, and if I love it, I'll, I'll stay, and if, if I want to rehab and go play, I'll do that, and it was just kind of like a great, like, kind of like fifth year for me to stay involved in basketball and rehab my knee, and um, mm-hmm. I ultimately, at the end of that, was like, I just felt this weird disconnect from basketball, I think. Um, I didn't love it in, like, the same way that I felt like I should for somebody who is aspiring to, to play again and, you know, dedicate their life to that and dedicate their life to other players. So it was like, you know, I kind of decided I don't know if I want to play. And it was like, well, okay, you're a coach. You, you can coach. But then I kind of felt like I wasn't giving enough to the players that I was coaching. And, mm-hmm. you know, to be a college basketball coach, you really have to give your life and, like, so much energy and, like, love to them. And yeah, it, it was it's a lot. Just, it's so much. And I had so much more respect for my coaches after that experience. I just felt like I wasn't giving that. and It wasn't something that I could give. And I was, if anything, I felt almost burnt out. Um, and I felt like I was just almost, like, forcing the issue. I'm like, okay, I'm Caroline, the basketball girl, but what else am I? Like, there's got to be something else here that I can bring to the table. And I felt like, so remember telling coach day when I, when I ultimately told him I wanted to leave that I just felt very one dimensional. And it was something that really um, weighed heavily on me was just feeling like I I wanted to explore other parts of myself that like I hadn't ever had a chance to do because so much of my life revolved around um, sports and basketball and, you know, my teams and stuff like that. So that's kind of where, the journey of kind of like trying to rediscover myself, I guess, um, uh, began like post basketball, which like you said, is very, very difficult. I think for anybody postgraduate, um, and especially I think when it was so abrupt, you know, I didn't exactly, I ended up ultimately ending my career on my terms, but it, it kind of almost didn't feel that way because of the injury, you know? Yeah, no. And I think that's awesome because like you said, you spend so much of your life playing a game, and at, at some point, you are ready for the next step. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and I, I don't think coaching is for every, everyone. Like, even weekends, you have to be on the recruiting trail. It's just basketball 24-7. I applaud the people yeah. that can do it. I don't think I could, and I love basketball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it, just, it takes really special people so, like, that really just love the game so much. Um, you're right. It's your weekends. It's your summers. It's, it's even like on your summer break, a lot of times you're, you know, talking to recruits, you know, the recruiting cycle does not stop. Like 
Um, you know, there are kind of like blackout periods and stuff, but like, you know, it's pretty like much never ending. And so it's something that you really have to be able to dedicate your life to and really feel committed to. And to your point, I think it's a difficult thing for a lot of players to make, decide like, okay, I think I'm done with this because you feel all this pressure. Um, I know for me, it was like, I felt pressure from people. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, you're going to make such a big comeback. And, you know, I know my dad really wanted me to make this big comeback. And I wanted that for myself, but I, I ultimately like kind of did. It was like, well, why does my comeback have to be, you know, basketball? Why can't my comeback just be kind of more for myself when I know that this isn't bringing me as much joy anymore? And that was a hard, it was a really, really, really hard realization, I think, to come to. But yes, yeah, I'm happy like a for it. Hard adjustment period. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I do have to ask about Vermont. Did you have any maple, any maple syrup while you were there? Oh, yes, of course. I really, I mean, it was a tough year in my life because I was, like, dealing with, like, these struggles, and I was very, like, lonely postgraduate. The first year after college for everybody is just, I think, tough. Um, mm-hmm. But I did love Vermont. Like, it was a great place. Uh, I remember when he reached out to me and asked if I wanted to coach with him at the University of Vermont. I was like, what in the hell? Like, who goes to Vermont? I've never, I mean, I'm from Virginia. You know, I don't, like... Nobody I knew was going to Vermont. Um, yeah, it's cold up there. And Yeah, it's cold up there. I think it might be dark, like, 23 hours a day. I was, like, so dramatic. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I don't know anyone who would ever want to go to Vermont. But Vermont is so beautiful. Obviously, I know that now. And having more spent, spent more time in uh, the Northeast, uh, it's like, I mean, it was, Burlington is, like, incredible. No bad things to say about Burlington. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's a nice place. One of my friends went to the University of Vermont. Oh, yeah. It's, like, so much fun, too, for the students. Like, I think they, they really have a great time up there. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And I, ha- I okay, I have a weird question. Mm-hmm. So, at the point where you hurt your knee, you couldn't redshirt, right? It was already late in February. Do you think knowing that you were going to get hurt senior year, would you have wanted to get hurt early enough to redshirt? <sighs> That's a tough question, or, actually. No one's yeah, or do you think, that. like, life, you know, took you to this place, it, what happens, happens, and, you know, you're where you okay. are today? And I'm a firm believer of, like, whatever happens, happens. Um, I definitely don't, like, feel like, oh, my God, I wish that, you know, I wish I got injured earlier. There was a part of me that, between my injuries, my freshman year and my senior year, that was, like, maybe I could petition for this and get another year. But, like, I was, like, all right, that's, that's a stretch. Now I'm, like... You know, it's not going to happen. Um, I think that, to your point, like, kind of everything happens for a reason. I ended up, you know, that second semester senior year, um, we ended up kind of tra- following around the guys' team throughout their 2016 run, which was so much fun. Like, uh, it highlighted my college uh, experience. Like, yeah, I heard you know. postponed your surgery. I did. I postponed my surgery for it. <laughs> um, and it was just so much fun. And I ultimately ended up meeting my now, like, like director at work at the oh, final school wow. that year. So it's like, you know, I could say like, oh, I wish I stayed another year, but then I, you know, if it hadn't happened or I got injured at a different time, maybe I wouldn't have gone to the final four. Maybe I wouldn't have met, you know, this guy who now is like basically my boss and like helped me get this job at CBS. And it's just like everything kind of works itself out. So, you know, no regrets here. And I'm happy with how it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Life's funny that way, huh? It really is. I mean, you never would have guessed, but 
it all works itself out. <laughs> at least that's what I keep telling myself at age 26. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just to be clear to anyone listening, 2016 was the year that Villanova won at the buzzer. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, so I have this question. I, I haven't been to a men's Final Four, but they play in those, like, football stadiums. So you could potentially have a seat that you can't see anything. Did you have one of those seats, or could you see fine? No, so we, we, were, we, were, good. we were good. You know, we, fortunately, we were very, very close to the men's basketball team, and, um, you know, we were able to, you know, get tickets, you know, one way or another. I, you know, I had friends on the team who, you know, had spare tickets and, and things like that, and, um, which, which was great, you know, just having, like, good friends like that that were able to, you know, had spare tickets at the Final Four. You know what I mean? Like, that's incredible. So we, we ended up having actually great tickets. It was like totally once in a lifetime experience. The cool thing about the final four too is, I mean, I guess Villanova in general has like a very, very strong fan base, right? Like it may not be the largest, but it's very, very strong and tight knit. At the final four, it is like on steroids. Like people are just so happy that for Villanova to be there. It's so much fun. Like they the community aspect of it, like everybody there is just like there for the same reasons because they love Villanova and it's just like the number of people we met and like the generosity of people like while we were down there and it was just incredible. I mean, the final four was so much fun for us. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking to get to a men's final four. I've been to a women's, but uh, I want my dad to get to one too. I'm hoping he'll retire in the next few years, and the next time Villanova makes it, he'll uh, he'll be able to go. Oh yeah, you have to go. It's like totally a once in a lifetime experience. <laughs> yeah, I hope he brings all his kids with him too. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he definitely has to. So, yeah, like <laughs> you should, you know, use this as like your time to like start, you know, grabbing him or whatever. Just like dad, I, I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, Dad, your favorite women's player, Caroline Coyer, uh, said you have to bring us all. Yep. Mark my word. <laughs> I'll start here. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't imagine the celebration when that shot went in that you guys had. It was, like, on another level, like, insane. Like, I remember thinking, you know, because at the end of that game, I don't know if you remember, UNC, North Carolina was making, like, they had all the momentum in the world, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I remember. I totally forgot he had just made that crazy shot, and everyone yep. in the Villanova, like, fan group was like, oh, God, this isn't going to go, like, this is horrible. I remember thinking, like, there's, like, four seconds left, that's plenty of time, because, you know, you know, growing up playing basketball, you do these, like, end-of-game situations, and we would always put, like, you know, five seconds on the clock, got to get a shot. I'm like, oh, that's plenty of time. Like, they can totally get a shot. Everyone was like, this is definitely, like, no, there's no shot. And then, of course, it happened, and it was just, like, all a blur from there. Like, I don't think... We, like, slept for, like, 24 hours. It was, like, just, like, one big, like, celebration. And it was just so much fun. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing that you were there. Yeah, it was was nice. And and we had road trip down. So um, it was me and my sister Catherine and um, two of our teammates who, like, ended up driving 24 hours down there. So oh my God! <laughs> it was just like the experience of a lifetime. We actually ended up having to drive back, which was like the worst thing ever because everybody in Villanova is like celebrating, and we're like in the car trying to get back like as soon as possible. It was yeah, it was, that was rough, but it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, really so cool fun. experience to pretty much end your college uh, career, right? Because then you graduated yeah, exactly. in the spring of 2016. 
Mm-hmm. Went out with a bang. <laughs> nice. Literally, Jay said it. Bang. Yeah, he said it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, you just said you work for C- CBS. What do you do? Um, yeah, so I work uh, CBSI, uh, formerly CBS Sports Digital, but now and we kind of gone through this whole restructuring. We're now um, uh, basically we. What, what I do is uh, work with the sales team um, to sell ads on cbssports.com and our digital properties. Um, but now, because of this restructuring, we sell across all of our properties, which include, you know, a lot, a lot of different sites that you've probably heard of and across, you know, like our cbs.com, if you were to go online and watch, uh, like, the Big Bang Theory, um, if you were to stream it, like, we're selling those ads. and So it's a cool way to kind of stay involved in, um, a fast-paced uh, environment. It's really fun, and it reminds me a lot of uh, sports in a lot of ways. It's like a good, like team environment, and, uh, but you know, a little bit more detached than coaching. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like a yeah. fun job. Yeah, it's really fun. It's been awesome. Um, I'm fortunate enough to work with a great group of people who I like, love. You know, great friends and people who like allow you know, me to really, you know, be myself and just take on a lot of responsibility and have like confidence in me. And it's, it's been fun. It's been a fun transition. I think that, you know, there's probably a lot of other places that I could have gone and worked and it wouldn't have been um, quite as seamless as it was for me, you know, transitioning from you know, basketball into like a corporate lifestyle. And Caroline, I have to ask, Coach Harry Peretta announced that this season, 2019 to 2020, would be his last season. He's been the face of Villanova women's basketball for so long. Can you give some thoughts on him and his upcoming retirement? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I think it came as like a bit of some bittersweet news. I think that I was happy for him because he has had such a long, prolific career and, um, you know, he's such a fixture at the university, not just within sports, but, like, just everybody knows him, you know. It's Harry. Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, not just a face of women's basketball, but in a way, you know, of the university. And um, he's, he's well-respected. And I think because he's been able to, like, make that name for himself and be so um, successful, like, it's, like, a happy thing that he's retiring. But then, of course, like, also sad and that, you know, nobody wants to see him. Um, stepping down and, you know, we'd love for him to coach forever. But um, I think more than anything, it's like, it's a happy thing, right? Um, He's had such a long career and he's coached so many amazing players. And it's just incredible to think about like the amount of players he's coached. Like, you know, as I'm sure, you know, like he's coached, you know, mothers and daughters, you know, that both played for him and, you know, multiple sets. And, um, you know, some of it's funny that we, you know, we've had like, women's basketball, like alumni events. And it's like, you have women who are, you know, my, my mom's age, they all played for Harry and they, you know, tell their stories about playing for him. We tell ours and we laugh and it's all kind of the same, just like 40 years apart. And it's like kind of hilarious. Um, but yeah, I spoke with him um, shortly after he announced it. And uh, I think that he, he's feeling, you know, good about it. He's, you know, just really happy to have his, like, victory lap, so to say. And I think that he has a lot to be proud of. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah. Over 700 wins. He's beaten yeah. Gino Auriemma a couple times in his, in his career. 
Oh yeah, he has. <laughs> yeah, he and has. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, he'll you know spend some time doing some some other things that he loves. Exactly. You know, he's got kids who are at Villanova. I think it'll be fun for him to kind of get to be more a dad than just like the coach, and um, kind of get a look from the outside looking in without all the pressure, you know, of being a head coach, and just get to relax and enjoy, um, you know, his life. <laughs> which sounds really, really grim the way I just said it. But, you know, <laughs> being, a, being a, a head basketball coach or being a head coach for anything in that matter at the collegiate level is, I think, incredible. But like like we said, it you know, your whole life's dedicated to it. So I think that yeah. he'll find some time for some other things to enjoy and just, you know, being a dad and enjoying his family and friends. Yeah. Congratulations, Coach Harry, on an awesome career. Yes. Yes. Congrats to Harry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caroline, I've had so much fun. I like to end the episodes with a few fun questions. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. All right. So urban legend is that twins have a twin sense where they can feel each other's joy and pain. Do you and Catherine have that? (laughs) I don't know if I believe in, like, the whole, like, um, like, twin thing. However... I do think that having had a twin my whole life, I do have like a little bit more like this like sense of empathy. You know, you grow up so close to another human being. I think that like I can like, I don't want to say I can feel her feelings because that's not the case, but I do think that we're we're both a little bit more empathetic and that we can, we're more sensitive to each other's feelings. Um, So we'll we'll call it that. And I think anytime you spend that much time with another person, you kind of, start to develop this like sixth sense so to say like you know even if it's just a friend um that you're really close with i think that's my personal view on the twin thing but you know okay all right good to know (laughs) so you live in the big apple where is your favorite spot in the city my favorite spot in the city that's you know that's a great question i feel like i should like say like oh like you know there's this place downtown that I really love or like I love going to the park which I do love going to the park um but to be honest with you I love just like being at home and being able to almost like escape the city I'm not gonna like I like love living in the city but I just love also the feeling of like coming home and being able to just like kind of live a more like low-key life um I think that it's easy to get caught up with all the madness in New York, which I'm guilty of as well. My first year in New York, I was like, I think by year or by month eight, I was like, oh my gosh, I am so tired and poor from like literally going out every single, you know, weekend, all every <laughs> night, doing everything yeah, I mean, that there so is to, to do. do. I'm like, I'm all New Yorked out. So actually it's, it's funny now, you know, I love to just, like, stay in on Friday or, like, go to, like, a really, like, good restaurant and then come home and just, like, get, like, a good night's sleep. And uh, I know that sounds boring, but that's just kind of the no, way No, that's how it gets. Late 20s, that's what happens. I'm there, I too. I get it. Oh, my gosh. Late 20s. I guess I technically am. But, yeah, no, it's exactly oh, what yeah. you said. I'm later like, 20s. That's okay. You're mid- No, yeah. no, you're mid-20s. <laughs> it's okay. I can... I'll accept the late, the late 20 cards. Um, but yeah, I, I do like, I love going to the park and, um, you know, I love how there's so many options of things to do, but I think that I'm most, you know, at home, just at home. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Caroline, last question. 
Christmas is coming up. What is your favorite <laughs> holiday movie? My favorite holiday movie. Um, oh my god, there's so many. Um, so I really, really, really love like in terms of like kids movies, love the Polar Express. I've always loved okay. the Polar Express. Um I, I guess we'll go with that. I mean, it's pretty basic. Um, I've actually never seen that movie. You haven't? Oh, you definitely have to see it. It's okay, so I know good. it's on AMC all the time. They're doing that, like, Christmas month. Freeform yeah, has it, yeah, too, yeah. I think. Oh, no, you definitely have to see it. Um, you know what? Actually, another movie that I really love is The Holiday. It's, like, probably, like, really, like, mushy of me to love that movie, but I just love That's it. That's a good it's movie. Just, yeah, Cameron Diaz and uh, Dubois. I love Dubois. A young Dubois is, like, my dream man, but that's <laughs> not here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, I do. I love it. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good rom-com, so. Nice, nice. I'm a Home Alone kind of girl for the holidays. Love Are you? I mean, yeah, you, you really can't go wrong with, like, a Home Alone. And I have a nephew that looks exactly like Kevin McAllister. Oh, it's weird. Oh my God. So cute. Does he, does he watch Home Alone, or is he in, like, the um, generation of, like, what's that? What's Home Alone? Like, you yeah, know, he's only interested. four. So I think okay. he's seen a few minutes of it, but uh, he's a little young for it, I think. Yeah, for sure. His attention span's like, he's like, no, he's not having it. <laughs> yeah. But he knows he looks like Kevin, because the other day I'm like, hey, Logan, do you know you look like that kid from Home Alone? He's like, yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's Thank a cute. <laughs> Caroline, I've had so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes, absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. And where can the listeners find you? Are you on Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I, my Twitter, I think it still exists out there somewhere, but haven't been on it in a long time. So Instagram is definitely the best way to find me. All right. And uh, maybe I'll see you at the Big East Tournament this year. Yeah, definitely. Come find me. I'll be there. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Caroline Coyer. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. She's a really impressive person. I'll be back after the Christmas holiday to speak with another outstanding athlete.